0: sound like that three one cool at all
1: one,
0: and face the back now, guys. <laughs> what's going on everybody I was about to start this motherfucker over I swear to god I was like man what the fuck like, oh my shit man shit sound a little bit shaky ever since I started with that fucked up microphone I'm I'm scared and shit to do my podcast I'm like oh shit's not right What's going on, everybody out there? What's up to my truckers? What's going on? We are back. I know you guys thought you, you guys thought I wasn't gonna do it, didn't you? <clears throat> I'm just watching the um this Javante. It's it, look. This is an intense fucking week right now. Let me turn this down. I got the wrong thing turned down. This is gonna be an intense fucking week for me, guys. UFC 273. Oh shit. <laughs> Fucking last UFC shit wasn't shit, man. I wish I'd have been at the fight when Jorge caught him and and beat Colby Covington's ass. I wish I'd have been at that fucking restaurant. That probably would have been more entertaining than what they did in the fucking ring. The whole fight card that day was just it was just whack. You know what I mean? The hype was built up. Shout out to Mr. Neil. Mr. Neil told me that too. He was like, you know, these fights with all this hype, with all of this shit, have a tendency of being fucking horrible trash. I was like, no, Neil, you're fucking wrong. I'm like, Neil, you're wrong. Oh, Mr. Neil, you're wrong. That can't happen. This is going to be great. They hate each other. They're, man, that shit was fucking whack. But this shit, UFC 273 tomorrow. Oh, my God, man. We got, I told you, remember, you guys know the uh, the Russian gentleman that I was talking about that said, I kill everybody. And I, and I was like, hey, Russian guy, you can't say you can. I thought the nigga was Arabic because he said Al-Awakbar. turns out that he's Russian. But yeah, Hazmat Shemaev is uh, fighting. <clears throat> Yeah, it has been Chemayev is fighting, He's taking on Gilbert Burns. And yeah, that's, that's that's been a little interesting, hasn't it? That has been a little bit interesting. A little bit of pushing around. <laughs> Chemayev is just tripping a little. He tried to contain it as long as he could, didn't he? You know, just mad as a fucking loony bin. He got, You can see the nigga got a scar on his lip that he got from falling down a Russian. I don't know why Russian cement is just harder, but it is for some reason. Russian cement just for some reason feels like it would be harder than American cement. But yeah, he fell down some cement stairs when he was a kid. That's how he got that fucking, fucking smash on his lip. But he's just a wild dude, you know what I'm saying? And he kind of contained it. You know, he was he was kind of chill for the most part. And then he, him and Gilbert Burns seen each other fresh after the um, weight cut. You can tell it was the weight cut because they had the they had the bathrobes on. You know what I mean? You can tell that when fighters are walking around like that that they're cutting weight. So uh, yeah, hazmat. And I, I, is, it, is that his name i keep calling him hazmat is his name does it hazmat Nigga, you hazmat until we meet until you can correct me in person hazmat i might i think i might be able to take hazmat uh but no so jamaev um he ran into gilbert burns when they were cutting weight and he kind of grabbed him up and was like you're little you're small gilbert you're small and you know it, it, they tried to be nice at first they tried to do the nice thing oh we're just gonna we're not gonna shit talk but Luckily, hezmat Shamayah was kind of able to pull Gilbert into that arena. Started talking about Gilbert crying after losses. <laughs> the guy cries after loss. He said, I'm more, I'm more Brazilian than him. I speak Portuguese. See, that's all Conor McGregor. Let's see, Conor McGregor brought a beautiful thing. Don't you guys ever forget, man, what Conor McGregor brought to the UFC, man. You guys really need to understand and love it. And if you're from the other side of the ocean, if you're from Russia, you need to level Khabib. Brought the word "smash" because every fucking every fucking person from that <laughs> side of the fucking world, every fighter that comes out of that side of the world, they always say, "I'm gonna smash," "I'm gonna smash." Like Khabib already said that. Do something else, can't you? It's, find another word than smash. But no, this guy hazmat kind of ruffled Gilbert's feathers, grabbed him, called him small, said he cries a lot after fights, and. So this, so basically what I'm saying is everybody on the UFC 273 card, fight card, they don't like each other. You got Aljo Sterling versus Peter Yan. They don't like each other. Seriously, they couldn't even do the face-off. They don't like each other so much. You got Chema- you got Hazmat Chemaev and Gilbert Burns. Um, Chemaev even had to be grabbed at the weigh-in and took away. You know what I'm saying? And Gilbert's finally coming back saying, ah, you can see Gilbert's getting a little bit annoying. That's good, too, because we haven't seen – this Gilbert Brown. I mean this Gilbert Burns. I'm Gilbert Brown. We haven't seen this Gilbert Burns. You know, we haven't seen the pissed off. We've seen the Gilbert Burns that wants the championship when he fought Kamara Usman. You know what I'm saying? We've seen the hungry Gilbert Burns. We've seen the respectful Gilbert Burns. We've seen all different types of Gilbert Gilbert Burns, or at least I haven't. Maybe somebody can call in and um let me know what's up. By the way, call into the podcast. Like I say, the number is the same, 612 four, five, seven, three, seven, eight, five, six, one, two, four, five, seven, three, seven, eight, five. But anyway, Gilbert Burns is finally getting upset and it's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but like I said, we haven't seen the upset Gilbert Burns. So this is going to be interesting. He's pissed off now. I think Chemaev has gotten under his skin, not to the point where it's a mental thing, but to the point where he's like, all right, I, I this ain't going to be about points. So, and none of these fights are going to be about points. You got, um, what's my guy from, um, down under fucking what's it? Does it, uh, uh, is it, Ar- 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 is it Ar- not Orlovsky? It's not Orlovsky. What's come on, man. I'm fucking slipping here. Fuck it. I got to U- look up UFC. I'm going to be fucking pissed off too. When I see his name, because I know the fucking guy from Australia, the champ, he fought, uh, Max Holloway two times. Volkanovski thank you god I didn't even look it up guys that's how much of a fucking real fight fan I was I was, I was almost to the point of looking it up Volkanovski yeah Volkanovski is going to be fighting uh who's Volkanovski fighting shit he's fighting somebody that's serious like I say I got to get it all together so we got Pierre versus Aldo uh Pierre versus Sterling Aldo Sterling that's for a belt we got Hazmat Shamaya versus Gilbert Burns That's not for a belt, but that's definitely for kind of like that number one contendership slot, right? And then you got Volkanovski versus uh, the Korean zombie. That's right. See, it all comes back. See, I don't need to look up shit. It all just flows back when I get in mode. The Korean zombie versus Volkanovski. Now, this is going to be an interesting fight because the Korean zombie, you got to kill that motherfucker. That's why they call him the Korean zombie. If people don't know why they call this guy the Korean zombie, it's because you have to kill him. And just like zombies, even when you kill him, he gets up from the dead and still comes at you. So, you know, Volk's going to have a challenge on his fucking hand. He's gonna, this is going to be a good fight. So I'm saying from Volkanowski to Hazmat Shemaev and Burns, Aljo Sterling. I think there's almost one more on there that I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure there's one more fight that I'm forgetting. But anyway, this is going to be a great fucking fight card tomorrow. I'm all in it. Speaking of that, I might as well go ahead and announce the great news. Um, during this, doing this podcasting journey, it has been very, very interesting. Um, When I originally got into the podcasting, I got into it to be a source of media, um, to express my thoughts and kind of, I knew that podcasting was where the world was going. So I wanted to kind of get my feet in it early, just like hip hop. When I seen hip hop, when my best friend, Uh, B.C brought hip-hop to me. I was like, oh, this is the new thing. I felt it in my bones like this is it It wasn't that at the time when it was brought to me. It was still developing In the early 90s hip-hop was still developing. It wasn't the cash cow where you could buy uh wing stops and phantoms It wasn't that you know what I mean? So but I seen that it was going to be that i'm like This is going to be the new wave and the same thing hit me with podcasting so When I started to do podcasting, you know, you have to learn like anything else. Everybody probably judged from the outskirts. Oh, he needs to do this. He needs to do this. It would just work for him. Yeah, but you guys are all fucking losers. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to keep it a buck. You guys have never done anything in life. And anything that you guys have done has been connected to me probably. So for you guys to be on the outskirts talking about, oh, he needs to do this and he needs to do that. No, what I need to do is get in, figure it out. And if you're going to support me, that would help me, you know, move along faster. But anyways... I had to learn this podcasting game and and as I got to the latter years like I'd say probably like the last two years um, I've been almost feeling like it's almost a must that I have to interview rappers and I have to somehow immerse myself in that world that I just do not like anymore I did when I was a young man when I was a young boy I loved the hip-hop world but now I don't like it to me it hasn't evolved. Um, and that's OK. It doesn't have to evolve for me. It's going to do what it's going to do. But for for my own sanctity, you know, I can't necessarily be immersed in that world. I still enjoy the music the same way I think white people enjoy hip hop. You know, what I'm saying from afar, <clears throat> I used to have to live it, breathe it, walk it, talk it, roll around in it, be it. Now I just listen to the music like white people do and then go do my, you know, my good humanitarian deeds. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> um, Yeah, so I kind of outgrew hip hop, but where I found myself in the last like what? What has it been? Maybe three, three years. Um, I've been seeing like, damn, I got to get in this. Hip hop is like the only it's so big now. And I was like, I have to interview rappers. I have to kind of immerse myself back into that world that I left somehow. And it was it was kind of depressing for me, to be honest with you. It was very depressing because I hate that world for for everybody to understand how I feel about even other than listening to it. I can listen to it. But as far as talking to rappers, as far as going to rap concerts, as far as being in that. What, what's the word? That vibe, that world, that 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 box of hip hop. I don't like it. I just don't like it but I know it better than anybody else in Minnesota, the twin cities. So for me not to talk it, I almost feel like I'm trying to give an obligation to the city. Like shout out to live on Lake street, shout out to the other podcasts out there, the hip hop podcasters. But I don't know what is your foothold in hip hop? What have you created? You know, did you drop maybe one tape or something like that? Or did you listen to your, did you listen to hip hop out in the suburbs or something like that? Whatever you did, it wasn't what I did. So when it comes to, probably having a a hand on hip-hop when it comes to Twin Cities music, I almost feel obligated where it's like, yo, I have to have some kind of representation. Now, my representation of what's going on is a little bit different. Like I said, my stance on George Floyd, the teachers protesting, I'm never gonna be politically correct. I just always am gonna be correct. I promise you that. (laughs) I'm never gonna be politically correct. I'm just gonna be correct. So with me being like that, And hip hop being such a docilized art form now, it used to be radical. When I got, and when I fell in love with hip hop, it was a radical art form. Now it's docilized, right? So that's why you see street niggas all involved in it because there is no revolutionary aspect to it anymore. There's no blackness. To be black is hip hop. I'll get into that later. Let's stay on track. So, but because hip hop um, lacks the spark and the, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? The I think radical. Did I say that, everybody? Did I say radical? Yeah, the, the radical element that was once in hip-hop is gone. And if that element was still present, then I would be able to find a home in hip-hop. There would be some crowd that understands what I'm talking about. But now, because hip-hop is so docilized and demonized, where everything is about going to the club, having sex getting high and murdering, selling drugs. That's all that it's about. That used to be a segment of hip hop. That was always a, you know, that's a segment of life. You know what I mean? So you're always going to have a segment. But when you have that being the the um, majority, the dominating factor of hip hop, <clears throat> there's nothing else. So like I said, as a podcaster, me saying, damn, I got to interview rappers. I got to, you know, talk to this DJ. I got to, I got to try to, um, be careful as I navigate through this podcasting world in the Twin Cities because hip hop is everything. I don't have anything else that I tried to do the political stuff. And even though I was right, because I don't have a political background and I, am I you know, I, I think I interviewed, um, I interviewed Chris Masolia, shout out to the city councilman. He came on the show, but I don't necessarily have political people that I can keep having on the show where I can build that as my niche. And in podcasting, everybody knows you got to have a niche. You can kind of <clears throat> you can bounce around here and there and do different things, but you have to have some kind of niche. And it, and because I spent so many years doing music and hip hop, it felt like it was forcing me to my niche to be hip hop. It was for like, that's like everybody was saying, that's the only thing we'll kind of listen to you on and we'll only listen to you on hip hop matters Simba. If you're politically correct and docile and gentle and good energy and don't stir up the good negros which has never been my method right so now i'm i'm in in hell i'm like fuck podcasting is starting i'm starting to lose it the love for podcasting which is why you seen the drop back in the episode you seen like simba you didn't podcast for like a year yeah because i started to see like damn man it's not what this is not the intellectual art form that i was thinking that podcasting was going to be artistic form of expression for whoever it is that's doing it you can't um put a muzzle on podcasting it's just starting you know how long it took for them to put a muzzle on hip-hop hip-hop had came out in the 70s man they didn't put a muzzle on it till like the 2000s 2010s there's 30 or something 50 years before they kind of got their hands on it podcasting should happen quick where it was like damn the podcast you really can't talk like that unless you're already established so anyway stay on track stay on point with me so like I said I didn't podcast for a while I was getting a little bit depressed about the whole art form I started to dabble in YouTube more just trying to find something to because I'm always looking for something to create to to scratch my creative itch or my intellect my thirst for knowledge my my interest oh I'm interested in that and you do that so now we can naturally connect and if that happens then it's it's a beautiful site. It's like the fucking 4th of July. Okay. I'm just going to be a when me and another person connect, like, Oh, I'm interested and you do what I'm interested in, or I do what you're interested in, or we both share interest and do the same thing. Fireworks grand finale anyways. So here's the good news. So, um, one of the, you guys see me posting up Um, I pick my things on Instagram when I'm striking the bags, I'm kicking the bags and some people get a lot of my friends getting their feelings. Oh, that niggas, he ain't tough. He can't do that. Bags don't hit back. You hear all of these stupid ass sayings of just insecure males who are sitting on their couch and don't have the aptitude or the will, the desire or the discipline to get their fucking out of shape asses up off the couch and go hit a bag themselves. So they see me out challenging the, Oh, he can't do, he, he ain't nothing like that. So, but anyway, With years of doing this, I've kind of built up a small little fan base of people that actually do MMA, right? That say, oh, man, you're pretty good. You know what I'm saying? You need to bend your knees a little bit more here. You know, you need to extend a little bit. But, man, you look pretty good, man, for somebody that's never, you've never done MMA before? You've never wrestled? You've never done anything like that? No, I've never done it. So I got a small group of people that follow me on my social media platforms that encourage me to keep doing that kind of stuff. And throughout the years, um. A few of them have gotten more familiar with my content and became fans of the content so one of my friends um through like I said through that kind of channel uh Ken Tate, who was a Minnesota n- a native I think he's from Minnesota he he bounces around from Minnesota back and forth to the West coast but Ken Tate trains in MMA and actually trained at the one of the gyms here Minnesota top team uh, Minnesota top team I thought was a branch off of the original MMA top team. I found out they're not, but there is one that is in Savage. That is a branch off of the top team kind of brand anyway. But he reached out to me and he's like, yo, bro, I see you doing all of this stuff. He's like, you know, there's a lot of boxers here in Minnesota and MMA fighters here in Minnesota. And he was like, they just don't have, um, there's no podcasters here that's talking to them, And the ones that are here they don't necessarily have that spark, that charisma to put out the good content. They're dry. Minnesota is a dry state. You know, It's amazing that I have so much electricity being born from here because it is a dry state. This is a state where you come to work. This isn't a very vibrant. You know what I mean? But anyway, let's, let's stay on track. But he was like, so the podcasters, they're dry. They don't have they don't have the thing that makes. Well, one, they're not making the fighters feel comfortable speaking. Right. That's the one thing. That's my job is to make fighters feel comfortable and to make people, whoever I'm talking to, your job is to not, oh, what am I going to say? How am I going to sound? No, that's my job. My job is to make sure you sound good. My job is to make sure you're relaxed enough to express whatever the fuck it is that we're talking about. That's my job. If you don't do that, then I fucked up. Right. So they're like, so uh, what Ken was telling me, he was like, yeah, we there's there's this guy out here. His name is Gavin. And um, he he's he's a boxer from. Minneapolis up uh, or from Minnesota. And he has a great record. I think it's like three and oh. And uh Ken was like, nobody's talking about him. There's no like amateur circuit. There's no podcast or media for the amateur circuit. So he was like, What I would like to do, Simba, is introduce you to a few fighters, have them on your show, and maybe that can maybe be your niche, maybe because I see you have an interest in that. So you would be one of the only podcasters in the Twin Cities or Minnesota who has access to the fighters on the amateur circuit as they come up. And some of these fighters that come up are going to break into the UFC, are going to break into boxing, are going to break into different avenues. And so these relationships, and also these are what I would like to say, um, what, what, what is it? Like a portfolio. This is what I'm building of myself. So now I can have like a brand with a podcasting, a niche where I talk, where what it is, I don't have to worry about rappers and I don't have to worry about that entertainment world that's based so much on politics, that's based on likability, that's based on friendships, that's based on ass kissing. I don't have to be in that world because in the fighting world, in the world of combat sports, mixed martial arts, boxing, wrestling, it's more about integrity, it's more about discipline and the kind of person that you are. Which I win on all levels. Like I say. Anytime I can get in a room with somebody. It, it That's when I can win them over. So. And and being the fact that they're two totally separate worlds. I can immerse myself in this new world that I found. And don't have to worry about the same. um Problems. That I had to worry about in the hip-hop world. About what I can't say as a podcaster. Right. All right. Because. The main thing that I think people understand with podcasting is that this is a free, expressive art form. As long as you have a position about what it is that you say, I think somebody that's a shock jock and even they have a lane. But if you're just on here saying, fuck the wall, f- fuck the sky, fuck the dirt. i just trying to get a, an, ex- um, trying to get an emotion out of people or a rise out of people. I think that's just no good. But when you actually say things that may be controversial, but that you truly feel. These are things you really feel and you've researched and you've studied about them and you're willing to talk to the ends of the earth about them. And then if you're wrong, you're willing to say, okay, I was wrong. This is how we move forward as a people. So in that art, in that way, I was, I was looking like podcasts could be one of the most beautiful things as far as the human beings never before has talking to each other been marketable. (laughs) You know what I mean? For two people to have a conversation Like, can you imagine if we could get a podcast between Malcolm X and Bob Marley? Or if we can get Bruce Lee and Shakespeare or, you know what I mean? If we could get fucking Nat Turner and goddamn Frederick Douglass or Ernest Hemingway or, you know what I'm saying? If you could just get the, you could get people talking. Unfortunately, this world has produced some of the worst people when it comes to talking. That's why podcasters are boring. They're all boring. That's why most podcasters, it's about the guests, how famous the guest is. It's not about the conversation that they're going to have between A and B. It's about how famous is my guest? Can I get a real famous guest so people will watch my show? And I'm like, ah, man, that's not, that's okay. That's, I'm not, not doubting that. That's what people want to do. But I'm like, I don't want to do that, man. I found myself even having to do that. Reach out to guests and shit. I'm reaching out to guests like, Hey, trying to get like, man, that's not my style. No, I'm not paying for you to come to be on my podcast. No way. I'm not doing any of that, man. That's not my thing. I'm the nigga. I'm, this is a a shared experience. So yeah. So basically I said all of that to say that with uh, the help of Ken Tate, shout out to Ken Tate and, um, my uh Gavin Hendrickson you guys look look up Gavin Hendrickson if you don't know who he is Gavin Hendrickson yeah this motherfucker's 3 and 0 and he's just walking around like oh it's okay it's okay no it's not okay goddammit. it you 3 and 0 motherfucker. I'm please you got to fight it this uh not this week but next week I think it's the next week coming up out at canterbury so yeah we got to we got to get him so he'll be one of the first guests I'm going to have him and have Kim I'm going to have him and Ken on the show um I think I'm going to have him first. I think I'm going to have Gavin on the show first. Then I'm going to sit down with Ken Tate, maybe do a roundtable with all three of us, and then, like I said, more and more and more and more and really start showing who this is because if people don't understand that Minnesota is a hub for that. for How many wrestlers in the WWE, WWF come from Minnesota? You're shocked when you see, like, oh, what the fuck? He's from Minnesota. Yeah, motherfucker, he's from Minnesota, man. So this is a hub for sports, period. Minnesota is a hub for sports, period. All kind of sports. But wrestling, boxing, a lot of that stuff comes from Minnesota. So, yeah, that's my new thing now. That's where that's where I'm kind of trying to... That's where my um creative energy is going to be directed, I would say. I'm going to be more focused on getting good conversations, good content with the amateur and the up-and-coming fighters from Minnesota, where I can be like, this is my... This is my area and I can kind of take over. It's something I can take over. You know what I mean? I, I probably could have took over hip hop had I not hated hip hop so much. When I started my podcast, I was like, fuck the rappers and fuck hip hop. And also I'm pretty, yeah, I don't know where, where I evolved to. I don't, I think it would have been tough for me to try to take over the hip hop market. Honestly, it would have ate me alive. I could have done it. I could have probably done it, but I'd have been fucking miserable, man. i be like, God, I hate going to work every fucking day and got to sit here and Who do we got on the show today? We got to do. And speaking of that, man, what the fuck is going on with this fucking? What's my nigga's name? Is it Young Dirk? Little Dirk. Young Dirk. What's going on with? See, like I said, I don't even know these niggas names. Young Dirk. What is going on with Young Dirk? These niggas is really out of their mind. That's why when people talk to me and I say I don't listen to street niggas at all. If you're a street nigga, you're like a pedophile to me. I don't even listen. To, I can't listen to anything that you say because, nigga, you're lying. Everything that you say out of your mouth is a lying and is subject subject to change. um, According to who's doing it. You, street niggas don't have laws that just stand through anything. No, I'm say I say cool shit on record that if you peel back, I'm not living. <laughs> niggas around me ain't living. <laughs> Anybody living out rap lyrics, they're in debt or in jail. That's it. If you live, if you're living rap lyrics out, like honor amongst the code and the G way and all of these f- f- cool ass sayings that come through rap music, if you actually live that, you're probably in prison right now. Probably in prison right now or you're dead. Yeah. The niggas that's out free, the niggas be changing the rules and nigga, please. So I'm listening to uh, Lil Dirk. Is it Young Dirk or Lil Dirk? See, you guys got to call in. That's why I need more callers in so they can keep me on point. Is it Lil Durk? Lil Dirk. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't respond to shit with Vaughn. That nigga. Nigga. So this nigga first of all, this nigga comes on a record. First of all, before we get to that, do you guys realize that he did a podcast? And this is what I mean about how disappointing how disappointed I am with podcasting. This is where podcasts gotta do. This is what Gilly Gilly. Gilly is probably 50 years old. Gilly is an OG. I know who Gilly is. I don't talk crazy about niggas who I don't know. Gilly, we know who you are. Okay, we know that your family is the Black Hand family, the Mafia, the the Gilly the Kids family. This is why Gilly is so dangerous and tough. People don't understand. You got to. That's what I mean. I could have did hip hop. If I'd have did hip hop, it'd have been it'd have been different than anybody else because I'm such a student of it and I came up in it. I know everybody's lineage all the way back to the fucking genesis. Gilly the Kid is so dangerous in Philly. Because if you look at Gilly the Kid, you be like, what music did this nigga do? You know what I'm saying? What song did this nigga do where he can be the king of Philly? Everybody's scared of this little nigga. You know what I'm saying? He's a little bitty nigga. Little bitty nigga. <laughs> he can box. You know what i You can see the nigga can box straight up. The nigga can, he, he got hands. But I'm saying, you a little bitty nigga. Why is this nigga, Everybody scared of this nigga. He can call himself the king of Philly. Who is he for real? Well, Gilly the Kid's family is them fucking black hand mafia niggas in in philly nigga that's, that's gilly's family nigga the, when you hear the black hand mafia the muslim niggas that kill niggas not the muslim niggas that pass papers out and say brother be peaceful them too you know what i'm saying but i'm talking about the niggas that murder and kill nigga the niggas that was sent to kill malcolm x nigga them niggas the killers the fruit of islam murderers nigga yeah nigga sam what's that nigga sam christian and <laughs> the murderers nigga so yeah that's why philly that's why gilly is so respected in philly why he can walk around with that aura why he's plugged into different things you're like gilly Gilly, how the fuck did you get on bar stool and you got all this because nigga my family's the black hand here nigga there's nothing more powerful in philly than the black is it the black hand mafia i think i'm saying it right niggas with the beards the niggas that look like (coughs) black thought from roots Guys, know who Black Thought from Roots is? Get him, get his face in your brain. Black Thought from Roots, the shiny black skin and beard. Nigga, yeah, that's the black hand in Philly. So, yeah, Gil, that's where Gilly comes from. So, nigga we know, don't fuck around with Gilly, but I'm just being honest. Like I said, I got, I can't be, oh, oh, I'm scared. I can't speak my mind, nigga. I'm, I know you can't walk up to Gilly and be like, you bitch ass, nigga. And yeah, you asking for problems, but if you're just saying you're going to speak honestly about Gilly, look, Gilly, for you, to be in the podcasting world, and to not be more holding the young niggas accountable—not on their rhymes, not on their rhymes. That's not my job. Is to tell you how to rhyme, rhyme. How you gonna rhyme, nigga? This is y'all world. But at least making sure that we stay on code with the rules that we are going to pretend to live by. Now, if we're saying that we're black, black matters. We're righteous and black, and we want black to be good. We want black to be this. That we got to make sure we hold some accountability when it comes to this black murder shit and killing niggas. We can't just be oblivious to this shit and just be like, oh, that's the young niggas doing their thing. That's a coward way out to me, man. And for you to be so strong where you'll challenge this person, you'll challenge this person, you'll challenge anything about the king of Philly and anything that goes on there. But when it comes to hey man, let's challenge these young dudes to just chill. That's all. You don't got to fucking hold a Bible and walk around with candles in your pocket, nigga. Just can you pull back on the killing of each other, nigga. And the demon talking. Shooting niggas with their moms. I was just listening to a Favio record. Nigga, nigga said, ah, nigga, I don't care if your mom's right there, nigga. I'm getting you, nigga. I'll go to your daycare and get your son if you try to. Like, niggas, it's getting real spooky with this demonic murder where nobody is safe. So for, like I say, for one... But that's neither here nor there. Let's stay on track. So when I see Gilly, I'm like, damn, man, I, th- I would think that this is going to be a podcast of, of fruit. As funny as Nori's podcast is, still gems are there. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Gilly is older than Nori. And when I watch a Drink Champs podcast, it's going to be some laughs. Niggas is getting high. Niggas is smoking. Niggas is in nigga element and I love it. But there's jewels and there's gems, and Nori has an ability. And it's almost, I don't know if the nigga is even aware of his ability, but he has a great ability to get certain real good fruit out of the person. At least one good fruit. One good fruit, not bullshit, you know. If you're positive, you can be positive and you can do anything you want. And I the bullshit. That's what Gilly gets. Gilly's podcast is full of the fluff, the bullshit, the sayings, and all of that shit. You I don't I, and I tried so hard to watch, you know, million dollars worth of game and get real fruit, but you can really tell Wallow coming out of jail, he he's surprised by all of this. He don't want to fuck this up. So now this nigga is so conscious of where he's gotten that. All his questions and all everything that he puts out is going to be surface. He might, And that might just be who Wallow is. But Wallow is not going to try to do something different and make this something else. He's not. He's going to try to make sure the next contract is bigger. And the way black people get bigger contracts is to prove that they can be quiet when it comes to political issues. True political issues here in America. Black on black murder is the biggest thing in our communities. So for people to be silent about that. There's franchises that are doing business in black communities that are not contributing to the redevelopment of our neighborhoods. So when you see Wallow shouting out sponsors and stuff, you know, what I mean, and and that's what we want. We we all want sponsors. We want money. We want to get money for our podcast. But we also have an obligation to our blackness. And like I said, now blackness is hip hop. And for Wallow to come from where he comes from and for Gilly to come from where he comes from and to be on the front line of this podcast and shit. And for them to let black be turned into hip hop. I'm like, yo, what are we doing? Hip hop is hip hop. That's multicultural. Anybody can do hip hop. But black is something totally different. So. Yeah, so like I said, when I so I, I didn't went down a I didn't went down a fucking wormhole, but that's what the podcast is about. We we go down wormhole. So anyway, did you guys get the good information that from now on, no more rappers, no more, none of that shit. Only people I'm interviewing, unless they ask me, if somebody asks me to come on the show, I can't slap people's hands away. <laughs> you guys know I'm a good nigga. I can't fuck you, asshole. You can't come on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm gonna let anybody somebody says, Hey Simba, I want to come on the show. Well, let's hook it up. But as far as who I'm pursuing, hold on, guys, I gotta grab a lighter. One second. Yeah, as far as who I'm fucking pursuing, it's going to be fighters, boxers, wrestlers, kickboxers. If you do any type of combat sports in Minnesota, I want you on the fucking show, man. I want to tell your story. Um, I got a great video team. We'll We'll put your shit out. It'll be looking like ESPN ready. And that way, whoever, wherever your social media and follow where whoever and however your social media following is, you can take the content that we do there. Here you go. We, here it is. You can put it on your Instagram page. You can put it on your YouTube page. You can put it on your website, whatever it is. And you can now have a place kind of like because a lot of people feel like, damn, I got to get to ESPN to tell my story. Well, that's one avenue, but there's also there should be avenues before you get to ESPN that builds up the buzz it's a long jump from your home to ESPN that's a big jump the north star podcast could be a nice oh man i did see that interview he did with the guy the podcast let's get this guy over here now i might not get anything from that that's fine i don't need to i already got what i got the content that's what i want that's what i'm after i'm after the content the great conversations between two human beings the rulers of the planet that's all i'm after yeah they don't have to come, nigga, please. I don't need anything else. So yeah, that was the good news there. Then we jumped over. What else did we jump into? Oh, oh little little Bobby. What was the point with young Dirk? What was the, Oh, this is the point. Sorry. This so this is what I mean with Gilly. Uh, and then you guys get with these young niggas and you look like one of the young niggas. You, everything is Gilly looks like one of the young niggas. And what is this, what does he say? I'm with the young niggas. Yeah, they winning. They winning. It's like that's just the way just a way of staying away from that's like me saying i'm with the police i'm with the police they doing what they do when i do that what the fuck you think i'm doing i can be honest simba are you simba when you say police are great and all this are you kind of what's the word that i'm looking for i fall i'm falling blanks i gotta start reading more often i got to start getting dictionaries I, i never used to draw blanks with words pandering there we go simba you're on your, you're on your podcast, and you're on your social media platforms, and you're saying police are great. They've never done anything to anybody, and I'm, I feel safe. Are you pandering to police? You're fucking right, I am. <laughs> you're fucking right, I am. I want them to know that this guy is. Please don't fucking kill me out in these fucking streets, man. Please. And not only am I pandering for myself, I'm pandering for the other nigga that might get it. You know, a lot of police officers, like I say, shout out to the truckers, the police officers, the oh, the, the Uber and the Lyft drivers fuck with me. The Uber and the Lyft drivers fuck with me. Heavy. How you guys out there doing? I'm, I used to be one of you guys. I used to drive Lyft for a while. Just long enough to get that young PP <laughs> I was a Lyft driver for there for a minute. But now, yeah, I'm out here doing import, export, pulling up to docks, got the own truck. We out here doing our own thing now. You have to upgrade. That's the whole thing. I started in a gas station. When I came back from California after after almost throwing my whole fucking life away with music, I had to start back at a gas station. You know what that's like? Humble pie. That's what that is. Being in a gas station and having niggas come in the gas station saying, hey, ain't you Malcolm from Street Kings? Nigga? I used to. Yeah, nigga. What? Yeah. What you want? Gas on six or seven. And you, this is what you got to do. This is humble shit. But anyways, get back to the point. See how quickly I'll drag. I'll, I'll drift off. I'll drift. Little, little smurg. What's his name? <laughs> little, Bur- little Dirk. Is it young Dirk or little Dirk? Little Dirk, baby Dirk, little Dirk. So, yeah, on the fucking podcast with Gilly and Wallow million dollars worth of game. And like I said. I can watch Nori and I'm entertained and I love it. And I get my jewels when I watch million dollars worth of game. It's basically just so you, you got you. You fucking all the bitches, right? Yeah, yeah you fucking all the bitches. And uh, these street niggas ain't fucking with real street niggas. And uh, uh, niggas got to know if you got $100, you better not split that $100, nigga. Stack that hundred, like it's OK. All these fucking bullshit. Shut up, nigga. God. And when I get like that, then I got to shut you off because I want to get mad. But it's like, damn, bro. Is that the whole thing? No, I don't think you guys should be doing podcasts is what I'm saying. What well, was what I'm saying? I don't think you guys should be doing podcasting. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't you guys just but it anyway, so that's that anyway. So now so now you got uh little little smirk, <laughs> little you a little dirt, got a little Dirk, and they do a podcast together. This thing you got millions of dollars, a million, million dollars on the table. That's what was said in the room. This is a million dollars is what it looked like. A million dollars in rubber bands, cash, cashola, smack daddy, a million dollars right there on the fucking table, right? A million dollars right there on the fucking table. Now, little Dirk said he hates niggas with fake jewelry. Me, I don't really care. You can wear fake jewelry if you want. You want your neck to turn green. You want to wear fake jewelry. You want your shit to fade and what? That's fine. I don't. I don't give a fuck what you do, man. That's your life, what it is that you want to do with your... I don't care if your shoes are fake. Nigga, that's your own shit. Nigga, you, nigga it's your shit. That's fashion. But little Dirk said he does not like when niggas wear fake jewelry. And if you wear fake jewelry, you're a fake nigga and he can't fuck with you. And he tells a lot about a nigga, jewelry, fake, fake jewelry and all this other kind of talk, right? Okay. Did anybody check to see if this money was fake i'm just asking everybody chill out sit down just asking that's what i would have did if little i don't know there was in kind of a dangerous situation <laughs> you know what i'm saying i can I get it I get it nigga nigga it wasn't like they was in Philly Niggas was in Chicago nigga niggas was no block nigga them niggas was in the danger zone nigga So I don't know I might have let it slide too but I'm just saying we can't do that Fam if you're gonna get on here and put out to the world about fake jewelry Nigga is this money real? You know there's such thing as niggas got fake money now nigga Million dollars in cash just liquid nigga you liquid a million dollars in cash nigga Please nigga nigga I don't even think Drake's liquid a million like that nigga that you can just pull out and just, nigga? You got it like that, schmuck. This nigga, I think, I think the money was fake. That's what I think. And I'm saying that's the hypocrisy between street niggas. Street nigga will get in front of the national audience and say he don't like a nigga wearing fake jewelry with a stack of fake money on the table. And his whole thing is, ain't nobody going to question me if this money is fake because I'll kill him. So, I can pretty much say falsehoods out my mouth, shit that I know I don't live, shit that I know I don't believe, that just sounds cool on record. And by the way, when I'm listening to this new record by Little Dirk, Aha, uh-huh. everybody, you guys heard that song, Aha, uh-huh. Don't Respond to Shit with Vaughn. Yeah, I'm listening to this song and I'm like, damn, at the beginning of it, he says, hey, just for the police to know, uh, everything is props. And I'm like, Ooh, you really shook the police there, Shmerg. Like, come on. So is that all you had to do? Everybody that went to jail for rap shit, you got a long list of people that were indicted for raps and rap, rap lyrics and rap. All they had to do was go on their song and say, by the way, this is just props. This is all props for the police. This is just all props. Come on, my nigga. Come on, my nigga. They would be after you, fam. They would be after you. If you were really involved in the murder and mayhem that you're claiming on this record, the police would be after you unless that was part of the plan. Unless blacks murdering each other, unless promoting murder, death, and gang violence was a part of some kind of plan, Maybe the private prison system. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But unless that was part of the plan of the criminal system. Yeah, What we don't want. They didn't like when we was out. Ain't this fuck. Think about this. I grew up in hip hop and we used to say fuck the cops. And we shoot cops. We slap cops. Fuck the cops. We don't give a fuck about a cop. When eight, seven on under, got a undercover cop. <laughs> fuck the cops. Fuck the cops. Fuck the cops. That's what we grew up. Cops. Now it's ops. And the Ops is another black man. And these rappers are getting out of jail. NBA young boy. Out of jail. What's the new nigga? YNW Schmelly. He's about to be home. Out of jail. Who else is home? Nigga Bobby Smurda, Nigga. We got political prisoners like. Nigga Matulu Shakur. We got niggas in jail. Niggas is in. Nigga forever? For some bullshit? You think if hip-hop would have started to become radicalized on some real revolutionary shit, you think we would have been able to talk about it the way that we talk about it now? You think Fred Hampton would have been able to talk how he talks on a hip-hop record about fuck the police, we gonna kill you, and we gonna rot? You think that if we were doing that, if hip-hop had been radicalized and all we did was talk about how it means to be black, not multicultural, the black experience, do you think that we'd be getting deals with Nike and Reebok and Sprite, it's Pink Seltzer and Vodka. You think all these sponsors would be throwing money at us? That's why they didn't throw money at us at the beginning. Do you not get it? It wasn't because we needed time or the internet. No, it's because hip hop was too connected to the black experience. We can't put that on. That's not part of the plan. Creating revolutionaries. Is not part of the plan. Creating young, stupid, dumb, demonic motherfuckers that are gonna fill our prisons is part of the plan. Having a few docilized niggas in special positions, the NBA and entertainment, a few here, a few here, a few special niggas, but them niggas better be docilized. Them niggas better talk about a problem in the 60s. Don't let them niggas be on anything current. Keep them niggas in the 60s and we'll give them special privileges. So, anyway, like I said. That's what I got when I'm listening. This nigga said ah, at the beginning of the song, all props. Come on, man. Come on, man. Can I do that on my podcast? Hey, I'm gonna go on am I'm gonna go a fucking rant about the Jews, but this is all props. Everybody no, fam. They, come on, you can't do that. And then another thing, like I said, the hypocrisy of street niggas. So you get on a song talking about if you talk on social media, you're you're a police. You fucking police ass. My nigga. You're talking about killing other niggas on this song. That was me. I got your manhood. That ain't no diss. Yeah, that was me. I got your man and that ain't no diss. You're you're on the record. And this is, <laughs> you're saying that I should. So let me get this right. Little Dirk, young Dirk, little schmerg. You're saying that I shouldn't go on social media with guns and talk about what I'm going to do because that would make me a police ass nigga. If I get on here talking, about, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to kill you and show guns. You a police ass nigga, man. You you are lame, but you can go on the biggest record on the world. I only have like, what do I got? Thousand followers on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? I got thousand followers on Instagram. You can go on a worldwide song talking about murders that you've committed and murders you're going to commit. And that's not police ass shit. That's not lame ass shit. If, if me going on my social media with a thousand viewers, with a thousand followers, that's police nigga, what you posting shit on Instagram for. I would say, well, what are you talking about street shit for on a number one song on the record? Oh, my nigga, you hear me at the beginning. I said, this is all props. Oh, God. Schmack. 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 Yeah. It's like, God. That's why I say I don't listen to street niggas. As soon as street niggas, I see you're a street nigga, I just nod my head and try to get out of there, okay? yeah, Because I realize you're dangerous not to the world. You're just dangerous to me. You will kill me. You will do anything to me because in your brain, you know, that's going to make white people happy and you're a fucking pet monkey for a white guy. That's all street niggas are for me. That's all. When I see a street nigga tattoos on his face and dread, I'm like, oh, this is one of them white niggas. He'll hurt me. He wouldn't hurt a Jewish person. He wouldn't hurt a white person. He wouldn't hurt an Indian person. He wouldn't hurt anybody of international fucking ethnicity. Only person that a street nigga will hurt is another nigga because he knows you nigga whatever happens i'm willing to do it even if you are tough i'm willing to go to we can shoot it out in the middle of the street because i hate you that much and i know that my white master would love it if we just ripped the black community apart in the shootout and little kids got hit <coughs> let's do it let's let's both go to jail that's what niggas put you in predicaments of. that's why i don't I, nigga i got a spin move niggas. nigga's whole purpose to me nigga's whole purpose is to magnetically you want to put me in a position where i got to go to jail huh that's what your whole purpose is, huh? Your ideas, how you talk, how you live, your philosophies. And then after all that fails, you going to make me have to kill you, nigga. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is dealing with a niggas. I'm going to go to jail fucking with you. Your, your ideas, nigga, let's go do some crime. Crime? Nigga, I'm not a criminal. Why would I engage in crime? No, I'm not going to do any crime. Oh, you're a bitch ass nigga. Oh, now I got to kill you. Now I got to fuck you up. And I can't just fuck you up because you don't know how to take a fist fight because you're such a female estrogen shot up gangster you don't know how to just take off ass whooping and go oh good shit no you're gonna go get some guns and some guys and make life a living hell for me so after i fuck you up i gotta fucking get rid of you now i'm on the run for a fucking murder and now i gotta go to jail all because i've let your nigger ass in my fucking life keep niggas out of your fucking life people that's my fucking message to people speaking of street niggas I got a person that one of my homeboys he's he's a real street nigga like this nigga's is fucking almost 50 years old more street shit he's just loving street shit won't even watch my podcast but he always will watch a street niggas podcast he's just a gangster to the core I'm quoting here because the nigga is not a gangster at all but but what he does is he sends me stuff back and forth and one of the things that he sent me was this interview where Sue surf you guys know who Sue surf is Sue Surf was talking to Calico, and he was. Let me see if I can find this. It's, it's a great interview where Sue Surf was talking to Calico, and he's like, "You bitch ass nigga, you would have died, nigga." But what what, what, it, what it what it what it what it illustrated is the fight that goes on between the street nigga and the average black well-to-do righteous person who's still connected to what it means to be black ancestrally, right? You have a street nigga who has totally forgot that. Street niggas have no idea what it means. Street to street niggas, hip hop is black. Okay? That's what I'm saying. To street niggas, um, to be black means hip hop. Okay. And uh I'm trying to, I think it's right here. Yeah, so for street niggas to be black, it's to they only know hip hop. That's as far as hip hop, super fly, street shit. They have no, street nigga has no idea about what it means to be black, what our rules are, what what we engage in, what we do, what we do not do. They totally forgot that because the people that started to sell drugs, you got to understand in the black community, the Black Panthers and the, the people that fought to not sell drugs, you, they had to get killed off. They had to get killed off by the first group of demons. This is the first breed of demons. The first breed of demons are the people who said we do not want to build Black Wall Street anymore. We do not want to have Black-owned movie theaters anymore. And it's not that we don't want to have them. We have been personally in business with the people who are going to put their businesses here. See, it's a big, 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 big game that goes on with these street niggas. It's not that the first street niggas knew what they were doing. We're in business with the whites and the Asians who are going to run the industry in the black communities. And then you had black people who were like, no, we want to have our movie theaters. White people can have movie theaters in their communities. But in the black communities, we want our movie theaters to be black. We want our stores to be black. The street niggas said no. We're going we, to sell drugs here and we're going to do business with these people and they're going to actually bring, because they got, they got import-export businesses, trucks, and boats, and ships. They're going to bring the drugs in and let us sell the drugs so we can have money. And like, once again, a few sprinkle of niggas will make it and most people will get swept up in the prison system and go to jail. But this is the game we're signing on for. Superfly, the street niggas, right? So, um, damn, I don't think that's it either. Damn, it was a, it was a whole little little saying that they didn't, and, and he sent it to me. I should, I should, I erased it. <laughs> I erased that shit like nigga. And then I had to go look it up and and watch it again. I'm like, oh okay. Let me see if this is it. Let me see.
1: let me see
0: okay there we go there there here it is this is what he sent me this is what he sent me this is it okay so here we go now nah, nah, we got it so like I said you got the a battle that has always been going on between black people who are on course with the mission our goal was to fight so we can have black wall streets all across America because we re- we recognize that white people historically got the best real estate. They, their, their war, they fought their wars. They got the best first real estate in America, but the next best real estate belongs to black people because we were side by side. There's only a small portion where black people were at the foot of white people. We call that the antebellum times for a majority of America. We were side by side building this nation. So when you talk about American real estate, black people have the had the number two pick at it. White people, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all did some wild shit, you know what I'm saying, in order to get the first real estate. But now, as far as in America, number two has always been black people. And what our mission was should have been was to be to fortify our neighborhoods so that all immigrants who come in America after after they can have the areas we're not in. They cannot have areas that we've built black communities across America should have stayed the same or grew. There's no way you should go to Tulsa, Oklahoma and not have black Silicon Valley there right now. See what I'm saying? There's no way you should go to Harlem and it not be, do you get it? So, Anyways, this is the fight between the black people who were like, look, our mission was never integration. See, integration, street niggas love integration. It gives them a cloud that they can move under. You're forced to be amongst your own with segregation. The black church can grab you, put their hands on you and say, boy, what you selling, what you doing. And white people don't care. Hey, may hey, you better stop selling drugs over there, nigger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just that. Uh, Hey, they said you can't sell drugs, can't sell drugs over there, nigga. you know what I'm saying? But now with this integration thing, you can go get you a white, you can talk to the mafia, this whole integration thing, that was never part of black America. That's going to, we've probably seen down the line, like right now, I always say, integration should be happening is with hip hop. Hip hop should be integrated, it should be the first integration in the 80s. We've built our stuff up, we fortified, and now we're ready to start coming in and swapping and trading cultures. Anyways, let's stay on course. So when you hear me talking about street niggas, why I dislike them so much, it's just because I recognize who they're working for. They try to act up what street niggas try to do is say, I'm just a product of my environment, man. I'm just a helpless lost soul out here doing the But shut the fuck up with that shit. Shut up. We would never let white people get. I'm not racist. I'm just a good white man. We don't let white. Shut up, man. You know what we're talking about. How you got your start? Why do you got a head start against me? We're talking about things. Come on, man. Don't act stupid is what we tell white people. But when street niggas get to doing the shit, we get to, we let street niggas. Oh, I'm just a product of my environment. I just never. Shut up, nigga. You know, good and goddamn well, that's ain't the mission. So anyway, street niggas. But like I said, my partner, he, uh, sometimes he'll, he never, he's never around when I'm doing good. When I'm right, when I'm doing good, he's never around, which makes him absent from my social media um pages a lot. He's not there because I'm right most of the time. And I'm just perfect. One time he might think, Oh, I got this nigga. He'll send me something. This is what he sent me. He's this is what he sent me
1: to the hospital, nigga. If you'da got shot where I got shot at, your bitch ass would've died, nigga. I got myself to the hospital. You're a fucking sweetheart. Run around here acting like you wild. You're not wild, nigga. Your daddy was wild. You're a fucking rapper, like you said, nigga. Dead homies, you're a rapper, nigga. Act like it, nigga. The buffs is cool. Being from Detroit is cool. You from a, you're from a street place. You're of street essence. Everybody on the block is from the street. Even a little nigga sitting on the porch that's just watching the nigga's trap. Technically, he's from the block. Even a nigga that's just walking down the street, going to school. Technically from the block because he live here. You just a nigga that was on the block. Act like that, my nigga, for real. Y'all niggas is weirdos talking all this because you got shot. Da-da-da-da. You would have died, dummy. You would have died. You don't even know how to act in them type of situations. Oh, nigga, from this side, let me go that way. Oh, let me. You don't know. You don't, you don't got them type of instincts at all. Have no fucking shot. Right, you, you dumb, nigga. Niggas tried to kill me, nigga. Fuck is you talking about? Niggas trying to kill me now in a zipper fabric, nigga. Fuckas you talk, you sound stupid. Real niggas don't even play like that. I don't even talk about niggas. You know, I don't even talk about niggas getting shot. I would never talk about niggas getting.
0: So that right there, that was what he sent me. Now, now to the street, nigga. That's like, oh. Street niggas love to hear shit like that. That's real nigga shit. Real niggas don't real niggas. They get all real. These are some of the phoniest bitch made niggas in the world. You put them in a room with some white bankers and some white real estate moguls and watch these niggas shrivel, get quiet and turn into the sweet old pet that they naturally are. But in the nigga shit and hip hop world, you real nigga. That's right. I got shot. I took myself to the hospital. You wouldn't know how to react in them situations because we real niggas in jail. We can do all. Yeah, nigga. That's criminal shit. You fucking asshole. And in the same breath, and see, this is what I represent. Never before, and even Calico, when he was doing that, Calico was even sitting there like, damn, yeah, nigga, my dad was the, I really ain't in the street, nigga. And then they, they kind of shrink in. And now the, bit, now the street nigga gets even hyper, bigger, and badder. Yeah, nigga, I got myself to the hospital. I did 10 years in jail. You would have never been able to do 10 years in jail, nigga. You ever shot a nigga before, nigga? You ever sold crack before, nigga? Ever, nigga? Nah, nigga, I stood on the corner, nigga. I got myself to the hospital, nigga. I got to wear a zipper for life, nigga. N- Real niggas don't even talk like that, nigga. We don't even fuck around. See, all that shit sounds good. All that shit sounds beautiful. But what I do is I say, listen here, you stupid black, big, lip nigga. I don't care. That you did all of that shit, nigga. How about that? I don't give a fuck that you went to jail. I don't give a fuck that you've been shot. Nigga, can you do what I do? No, I'm going to tell you right now, like like Eminem did in 8 Mile. Remember how Eminem won the battle? He said, I am white. I am a fucking bum. I do live in a trailer with my mom. He answered him. That's what I'm doing. Listen, street niggas. So for all the street niggas out there, gather around the North Star campfire. We're going to get real cozy and talk about this because I got to get out and hang with my wife. Listen, Simba, have you ever done any street shit? Have you ever been shot? No. you ever been to jail? No. you ever shot a nigga? No. you ever done any? No, 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 no. All the street shit that you've done in your life, in your wasted life, everything that you've done in your wasted street life, no, I agree. I could not have done it. I could not do a long time in prison. That's why I didn't involve myself in anything that would get me a long amount of time. I knew I couldn't do years. So me dealing with large amounts of drugs, that's not I don't want to do that because I can't do long amounts of time in prison. I like freedom. Right. So there. So anyway, no, I don't want to have dreams about I was I know you kill somebody, you get nightmares, motherfucker, unless you kill them when they trying to kill you in self defense. Anytime you kill somebody in self offense, no matter what the reason. No matter what the reason, if he has blue and you're from red, he killed your homie. He killed your brother. You kill somebody in self-offense, you're going to see demons. But see, I've had people say, I'm, anyway, so no, I, I couldn't do anything that you did. Anything that you've done, years in prison, street shit. Could you sold drugs? Could you have lasted in the hole and on the west side or the east side or the north side or the south side of these neighborhoods? Could you have survived in Bloods and the Crips and the GDs and the Vice Lords on your tip? No, I could not have made it. I would have crumbled. I would have crumbled. But you couldn't have made it doing what I do. And that's where I'm better than you. See, I don't give a fuck about your world of criminality because admitting that I couldn't do and survive in the world of the devil and evil and low sludge and low morale and child porn. Yeah, I can't survive in that world in the demonic world of street shit. I would crumble. My spirit is too big to live in that world. Now, let me ask you a question. You did 20. You'll do 30, 40 years in prison. No problem. You're ready to do that. I'm a street nigga. I sign on to this. Why the fuck won't you just go do three years in college? Can you do three years in college? Can you do that? Can you work at a job? Not put yourself. Can you not hustle for not hustle? I'm sorry. Can you not put yourself in positions to go to jail for money? Can you do that? So your mom doesn't have to come visit you in the prison. So your mom and your aunts and your aunts and your loved ones and the people who are connected to that old ancient Negro way don't have to come see their son, their nephew, their grandson in the prison. I can't work for the white man. How far did that go working for the white man? I think an Asian guy owns this McDonald's working for the white man. Who do you, so when you're selling drugs, who are you selling drugs for? The white man. You're not taking your drugs and money and doing some kind of international trade. No, motherfucker, you're going right down to the mall and buying all kind of shit that contributes right back to the white man. Stop. I can't work for no white man. That shit got weight. I can't, man, I ain't slaving. But when you go to prison, nigga, you're going to be working for free. So, yeah. That whole thing right there, that's what my whole job is to do. I'm the the—I'm like the f- God. I'm the God, the pillar. I am the first archangel warrior of God to stand up to street niggas and say, can you do what I do? Can you be a father to your son? Not just pay for shit and buy him some shoes and throw him in the backseat with you and Yeah, I got him today, and drop him off at your mom so she can watch him. Not that, not the social media, not the look to everybody, dad. Can you be a father, you black, worthless fucking boy? You're not even a male. You're a fucking boy. Can you be a father? Can you be instrumental in your child's life? If boy or a girl, does your fucking son or daughter see you as a superhero and do you live up to that vision from them do you garner that that they see you as a superhero because you got to be around to be a superhero superhero can't be away somewhere and i put the fucking bat signal up 10 times and he never came that's not a superhero no matter what the reason is all oh, batman hey man you know i was fucking with catwoman it don't matter fucking cities and shambles so can you be a father That's what I ask. No, I can't take 10 bullets and get myself and know the east side from the west side and know how to have a gun and shoot the windows. No, I'm sorry. I don't don't have those criminal evilistic tendencies. Now, I'm asking you, can you be a father? Can you be a husband? Can you not cheat on your woman so you break up happy homes? Your son, your wife, your family unit is broke off because you're thinking with your dick. Can you do that? Can you not be obsessed by material things and money so much so that you'll put us, your family, your son? He needs a father. He doesn't care about the Gucci shoes and and the Maybach bins and all. He doesn't care. He just wants his father around. Can you do those things? Can you go to a job? Can you wake up in the morning? Black, lazy, shiftless ass fucking boy male. Can you get up at six o'clock in the morning when it's still dark out? Can you get your ass up? You lazy, black, unhealthy fuck. No, you can't, but you'll take seven shots, won't you? You'll take an AK-47 to the face, won't you, for some street shit, but you can't get your black ass up at six o'clock in the morning. See how the things we can and we can't do. You can't put in 40 hours a week, a little bit of overtime, can you? And then come home and still work on what it is that you're trying to dream about. I'm too tired G I'm too tired man I'm slaving for the white man How am I gonna come home I do it every day I'm podcasting right now I just worked And I'm podcasting right now Yes Yes Our, and, But see that's because I'm connected To the greatness of my ancestors I don't think that I'm a street nigga street nigga could never do what I do No the white man nah man I'm too tired But my ancestors Were like listen man We've done things that could never be done in 24 hours. There's no way that we did what we've done on a 24-hour day schedule. We were working on a different time. That's the time that I'm trying to get back to. That's the time that I try to operate on. That's the time that I hold the expectation of my son, myself, and everybody around me to. We got to be on that time. So, yeah, that's, that's the battle that's going on between street niggas and myself. That's why I don't really rock with them like that. It's not like... Oh, this nigga's on some funny ass. No, nigga, I just recognize you guys are everything that you talk about has no contribution to the cause of being black and moving forward in this country. It's actually anti everything that a street nigga says out of his mouth, from his philosophy to everything is anti black. So, no. Calico or I'm sorry. No, Sue, Surf. You got me. You're more street than I am. But there's things that I can do that I know you could never do. Can you work at a gas station with your homies coming in saying, hey, nigga, look at this nigga in the gas station. I'm out of here, nigga. Give me the pack. Let me go sell some drugs right now. Get killed, robbed. And police pull me over and I go to jail for 20 years because I got a kilo in the trunk. Why? Because nigga came in and laughed at me at the gas station and I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. You couldn't take it. Well, that's the same thing like me. I couldn't take it. When I got shot, I couldn't take it. When I went to jail, I couldn't take it. When I was in the Bloods and Crips neighborhood, I couldn't take it. When the GDs, I couldn't take it. So, Sue so, Surf, you're going to laugh at me because the street situations I couldn't take. You don't like when I laugh at you for situations that you couldn't take. You couldn't take it when your boys came into the gas station. You're working for $6 an hour. Your son's at home. Your wife's dependent on you. We all right. We're we going to get it. Nah, give me the break because I got to go to the club and floss and be my nigga and super fly. Oh, okay. And then when you get caught, whose fault is it? The white man and the devil and the society and the streets. And I couldn't. Oh, you just folded under the pressure. Simba Ali stays two doors down from you, and he started his podcast. He goes to work every morning. He started a trucking company. He started an edible THC business. He started a clothing line. He's coaching his son. He goes to his son's games. He's involved in PTA meetings. He's involved in the community. So why did he stay two doors down from you? You guys said, but you are you just couldn't take it? Nigga, I can't do it for the white man, nigga. I can't handle by it. Nigga, I'm a real nigga. I got to be all my alpha boss okay shit sounds cool on a record yeah so there's a lot of things that people just can't do and I don't think that anything that has to do with a evil demonic low grade low frequency low vibration acts I don't think you should be ashamed of anything nigga you can't fuck kids you can't molest kids no nigga <laughs> you know what I'm saying you're not gonna make me feel guilty oh nigga you can't suck a dick no nigga I I I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit in my room and feel bad because I don't know how to suck dick. I'm not going to sit in my room and feel bad because I don't molest kids. I'm not going to sit in my room and feel bad because I don't rape women. No, I'm sorry. You're better at those things than I am. And that's what I hear when niggas talk about. Oh, nigga, you ain't never been to the pen before. You're right. That's like I try to tell niggas all the time. It's the same as somebody saying, nigga, you ain't never sucked a dick before. True. You're right. And I'm not going to sit here and try to feel funny like... Have I ever sucked a dick before? No, nigga, I sucked a dick before. No, nigga, see, you don't. I'm not going to try to prove you right on. Ma, Simba, you ain't never did no time in the pen, nigga. You're right. So why are you talking about it then? I'm not talking about it as a person who done time. I'm talking about it as a brother who's had a brother do time. I'm talking about it as a friend who's had a friend due time. I'm talking about it as a community. What what happens when you come? I'm talking about it as the person who it affects, not you, you dumb motherfucker. There's other people infected by the choices that you make. you talking about niggas getting killed and shooting niggas. Have you ever shot a nigga before? No, I'm not talking. Have you ever gang banged before? No, I'm not talking from a perspective of a gang banger. Talking as perspective of the nigga next door to the gang banger who wants to come outside and play. And I can't because you niggas is on this gang shit. Take your bitch ass back in the house. You can't talk. You're square. You can't. Oh, nigga. Okay. Well maybe right now i can't but sooner or later there's gonna be a podcaster by the name of simba ali and he's gonna terrorize you gang nigga. <laughs> he's gonna do it i can't yeah it's 1980 and i can't do anything it's 1990 i can't do anything too i can't do anything but nigga there's gonna come a time when this podcaster named simba ali who's gonna just say everything i wish i could say to you motherfuckers fuck you you lowlife you've been standing on miss parker's fucking yard so long that green grass don't even grow there anymore <laughs> You fucking worthless degenerates. Get off Miss Parker's grass. Simba Lee is saying all the things and he says it in a funny way. I can laugh. And yeah, there's going to be something that comes on you gang niggas and you street niggas ass. And that's why they all. Oh, no, here he goes. Here goes Simba. You fucking right I am. I'm going to do to you guys what you guys have been doing to the black community for years. Terrorizing and confusing the message. Only difference is I'm right. <laughs> you guys were wrong. You know what I'm saying? Your street, everything you talked about was wrong. Everything that I say, even though people laugh at it, it's right. Nigga, the reason why Miss Parker's grass doesn't grow is because you guys have been standing there all six of the bloods in your gang. Look at come go through the gangs and see where niggas are standing at. You won't see any green grass there. It's just a fact. <laughs> all right, let's keep moving. Like I said, um feel willing, oh, that we've been podding for a minute, huh? Did you guys see TI? TI gotten T.I. was getting heckled by some female comedian. This nigga went all T.I. is just he tried to do podcasting. The nigga said, I can't do podcasting because it's too much like work. See, street niggas, boy, street nigga can't do a goddamn thing, nigga, but make reservations. Yeah, I tried to do the podcasting thing, but it was too much like work. So I had to give it up. <laughs> but anyway, so now this nigga's trying to do comedy. Did you see that T.I. is trying to be a comedian until that nigga? How you going to be a comedian? You can't take no jokes. Street nigga though, see what I'm saying? Street niggas want to do stuff, but they don't want to take. Street niggas are the type of niggas that want to be a comedian, but can't take jokes. Why don't you just crack a joke back on the skinny looking bitch? You know what I'm saying? There was no need for you to get all mad and out of character. Grab the mic from the bitch. You see how Ti was way out of character? Got up on stage, hugged her, and then snatched the mic real fast. So fast that the people cut the mic on Ti. Like when you, when you're Ti and your mic gets cut, that's not good. When you're a main attraction, you're a superstar, you're a global icon like T.I., and they cut your mic in favor of the little dark black bitch, the little, the little skinny crack smoking bitch, like you're supposed to just cap on her. Listen here, raw digger you know what i'm saying that come on now stop raw digger now you stop with that nike sweatsuit on that you got right now you ain't no don't talk about my case my case has not been proven what has been proven is that that goddamn windbreaker is two sizes too goddamn small yeah now we in a comedian now that's where i'm gonna go now don't crack jokes if you don't want to crack jokes here okay you in this fucking club looking like messy marv don't you start with me woman okay what you need to do is take that leather wig off your goddamn head and yeah we're gonna crack jokes let's crack jokes i'm not gonna get mad and try to no we're in a we're in a joke you want to crack jokes can i have a mic too let's crack some jokes this is the comedy show i'm not gonna get personal nigga if i'm gonna be a comedian or stay the fuck out of the comedy house nigga but street niggas once again they think they, they did it with rap they bully rap and anything street niggas podcasting anything they street niggas get, they think that they can just, hey, man, you better shut the fuck up and let me just be look good, even though I'm just okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nigga, get the fuck out of here. Oh, uh, Clifford. Clifford Harris. What else is going on in the world? So, yeah, we talked about that. What is going on with um Benzino, man? Did you guys hear that Benzino is caught in a goddamn, um yeah, they caught Benzino, With a man at a hotel. Holy shit Benzino. Now see I take questionable pics. My wife just talked about me today. She said you taking naked pictures on a. I do sometimes. I'm happy. You know I used to be an out of shape fat. I used to be an out of shape 260. Asthmatic enlarged heart chain smoking. Just out of shape fuck. And underneath I knew I looked good. And now I got myself to it. And sometimes I just go overboard with it. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do posts and it's just overboard. But it's just me being happy. But. Benzino you were doing some questionable shit fam like this nigga would be like just doing questionable shit I'm like damn bro I don't know but yeah now this nigga just got caught at the hotel with a guy what's what's the word that we got to say allegedly that's the new word. I gotta get I gotta get more familiar with that word allegedly I just say shit I gotta say allegedly Benzino was caught with a guy at a fucking hotel shit's crazy but no um what what else what was what 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 was it that we wanted to talk about Oh, the fucking Instagram chick. Did you guys see this shit? Holy shit! Um, what's her name? Uh, Courtney Taylor. You guys up on this shit? Courtney Taylor killed the nigga man. Yeah, she and she was on a podcast. See, that's when you know you got a good podcast when you got people that are saying incriminating shit in a murder on your podcast. What is that? Fresh and fit. Them niggas got shit unlocked. But yeah, Courtney Taylor said, I only date rich black guys two weeks before she fucking stabbed her boyfriend to death. Nigga stabbed his motherfucking ass, man. This bitch had blood on her. She looked like fucking, what's the lady's name, Peggy? When What's that horror movie when the blood got dropped on the men? <laughs> like, damn, bitch, how many times did you stab the nigga? God damn, what was going on? And did she have any black eyes? Did she have any? It's hard to see through all the blood, but holy shit. So let's say... Um, Instagram model covered in blood after her boyfriend stabbing death, probably talked about needing to be controlled in a relationships and only dating black men just weeks before he was killed. Courtney Taylor went on the we in Miami podcast. Oh, I wasn't fresh footed. It's We in Miami went on the we in Miami podcast. We're told just two weeks before Christian. Oh, so he's an African fellow. He was an African fellow. See them African niggas is coming over. Everybody's taking over. See, we only used to get the white bitches. Now, African niggas is getting white bitches. I'm seeing young African niggas with super old white bitches just to get the papers to get in the country. Everybody's getting the rewards that niggas had to die for. And nigga, anyways. So this fellow Christian, we're just going to call him O, Christian O. Christian O's death, a newly surfaced clip from the interview, makes... Her taste in men pretty clear. Let me clarify, I only date black men. As the interview goes on, she reveals she doesn't like being controlled in her life, saying she never wants to be told what to do. As we reported, well, that's, a, that's not good right there because, you know, African guys love telling their business, what well, you cannot eat that. Listen to me, me. You must do the dishes as soon as I come home. You cannot post on Instagram, not Instagram. You, Courtney, cannot post on Instagram. From the hours of six p.m. to six a.m. I know I said it backwards. That's to confuse you. You know the African niggas are very, 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 very masculine. You know what I mean? You got a white bitch. White women are free spirited. That white. American blonde shit is real. I deal with it all the time. You guys think like I run shit in my household. We got two fucking crazy people in here. You got a black alpha, crazy shit-talking, revolutionary fucking Black Panther, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali guy. And then a white, all I got to say is a blonde-haired white girl. Like, who else thinks that they're more free? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, blind white girls, they you can't tell them what to do. You can't, hey, bitch, go in there and cook the biscuits. No, you need a brunette to do that. You got to tell a brunette, a redhead, an Asian, some. You got to tell something else. A white blonde head, man, you gonna die. Anyway, and just like that. So some, but we need to know what happened. To me, it feels like like maybe he might have got physical and she grabbed the knife and stabbed him. I don't know. Maybe she just killed the nigga for something he did. Maybe I don't know. This is shaky, but I don't want it to slip out of the. I don't want it to slip under the rug. Just how she slipped out of police custody. I know that. <laughs> this bitch just slipped out of police custody. Like what the fuck you can kill a nigga and have your body drenched in DNA and get out the same day. No, you got to sit for a minute, Courtney. We got to find out. No, Courtney was out that day. Courtney was out that night. Stopped by the police station. What happened? Courtney. Yeah. I stabbed his ass. Uh, you know, I don't really want to talk about it right now. Let me get some, you know, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll holler. Yeah. I'm going live though. By the way, <laughs> I was like, "Damn, nigga, body the nigga, and they got shit." So that shit's crazy. We'll see what's going on with that case as it goes further. Did you guys see Paula Patton fucking up fried chicken, man? What the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> fucking Paula Patton? That's the white side. See, Paula Patton. As soon as she started making the chicken, I was like, "Oh, this looks like her white side, niggas." She what did she do? She fried it and then seasoned it after. Did you guys see that Paula Patton making fried chicken? Yeah, she fried the chicken, no seasoning on it. None. Just raw, fucking, fucking assorted meat. Just raw, plain meat. And then she put the seasoning on it as it's in the fucking grease, popping and sizzling. No, Paula, the seasoning is burning and evaporating in the smoke. It's not working. <laughs> you know what the fuck taught you? That seems like a cool way to do it. Seems creative. Seems fun. But as far as taste, uh-uh, it's not going to work. No, most of the salt is being evaporated and burned as you're pouring it into the fucking flaming hot boiling incinerating fucking grease, Paula. God damn it, Paula. Uh, some people just can't fucking do chicken. All right, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning into the No Star Podcast. Like I said, I've done my obligation got close didn't it i know everybody's like oh this nigga ain't gonna do it again <laughs> another he ain't gonna do it again no like i said every week every week we are a lock so th- that's basically just letting you know if i don't pod on monday or tuesday wednesday you can pretty much lock it in oh well thursday here we go thursday or friday it's gonna happen there's not gonna be a week where i go by and i don't pod if i just come by and just say fuck all you guys and dip out it's, a, it's part of a bigger plan. It's part of obligation. I'm trying to get the bag. Um. So, yeah, shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to the trucker. Shout out to, oh, MinnesotaStandup.com. Let me give them. I got to start running the MinnesotaStandup.com. When I first did my podcast, I used to run an ad for them for free. I used to, Just because I just love the, like, how they're in tune with everything. Like, I've never seen such a in tune publication as the as um MinnesotaStandup.com. Like, they are fucking in tune with everything. So, yeah, I just want to shout them out. They're one of the only Minnesota outlets that really still fuck with me and just post. And it's not like they fuck with me. Like they're just saying, we want to be in tune with everything. We don't know what's going to happen with this guy, Simba. This motherfucker might blow up. We want to be able to have his material and say that documented that, you know, he's from our state. See, that's what it seems like Minnesota stand up is about. It's about showing what's going on here, not about only showing what we like and we agree with. You know what I'm saying? No, Minnesota's like, if it's part of Minnesota, we need to show it. This is our it's the documentation of the Twin Cities is what Minnesota standup.com is about. So that's why I love it. Shout out to them. Like I said, if it wasn't for them, nobody. But a lot of people come to us. Like, Where would you hear about my shit? At? Oh, I seen you on MinnesotaStandUp.com. Damn. Thank you, man. So shout out to them. Uh, shout out to my trucker. Shout out to my Lyft driver. Shout out to everybody out there working a nine to five while you're listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it today. Don't forget to get that merch. Click on the link tree in the description box of this YouTube or I'm sorry of this um podcast youtube that's what i'm saying i got so many things that i'm doing you guys i got to do pod, i got the youtube podcast fucking all kind of shit anyway um in the link of this podcast click the link tree get you to all the avenues of the north star podcast and north star tv um i am coming up and working on a cooking shoe i'm also working on a diet plan too i want to put together a diet plan a dietary and a workout plan all about ancestral living um how we lived how we worked in order to keep the village afloat a lot of our exercises we didn't exercise but just what you had to do to maintain the village you would exercise and this is all about how we lived on earth aboriginal people lived on earth prior to even europeans being on the planet earth see we had planet earth to ourselves for millions and millions of years and we did things a certain way that's why when you see a lot of the white ancestral people it's this ancestral wave it's not mine it's a new way of doing things you have white people who are connected to their ancestors And a lot of times when white people try to come to our ancestral ways, they'll go to a tribe in Africa. But that tribe is a primitive tribe. That primitive does not mean ancient. There's a difference between primitive and ancient. When you see these tribes walking around, the Zulu with the big lips dragging and they're eating donkey ass and they're putting shit on their head and they're jumping around when the white guy comes and the these are all the tribes that were left over. That's they're the reasons why Africa got took. OK, that's what I'm trying to say. Any African village. That doesn't have a high, high art way of doing things. That's even rivals European and Asian. If the way that the African is doing it doesn't rival Asian or Europe when it comes to civilization. If you look at an African doing something and you're like, nigga, what the fuck? You can find beauty in anything. No, it's beautiful. The Watusu tribe, they, okay. But when I'm looking at it, it doesn't give me a feeling of high civilization. Like when I watch the Asians do their shit and when I watch, you know, the high shit, a lot of that shit has been destroyed though. So in order to find out how it takes, and that's what the beautiful part about the internet is. The internet is a beautiful thing because all of this information that was never readily available to us all of these ancient texts, all of these books that weren't famous so weren't published, all of these writings, a lot of people who weren't maybe famous, weren't taught about in academia. You guys have to get into this world. Stop just using the Internet for TikToks and porn and start feeding your brain so you can learn. And that's like I said, that's how I came up with these ancestral ways. I'm like, you can study civilizations, the Mayans. You can study the Sumerians, the Egyptians. You can study the Moors. You can study the higher, um, ascending civilizations of Aboriginal descent. If you're gonna study how we eat, how we live, and how we communicated, how we thought, how we were. So yeah, uh, like I said, thank you to like I said the the truckers. Everybody, click that link tree. Oh, get the Savoir Fair. Get the Savoir Fair T-shirts, sweaters. I finally landed on the logo, guys. So like I said, you're going to be seeing these a lot in Minnesota. If you're from Minnesota, make sure you have one. So you're not like, oh, you're going to be that person like, huh? They're like, nigga, you don't know about the Savoie Fairs, bro. These is killing Savoir Fairs is everywhere. So yeah, click the link tree and come on all the way in, you know, support. And if you like, if you like the content, if you don't, then don't. But if you like the, you know, the merchandise, if you like the design, if you like the content, support. Um, Go to the YouTube page, put a thumbs up, subscribe, share, you know, do all the kind of stuff that you do with the stuff that you like. If you don't, then go ahead and throw it in the trash. Simba Ali, we're here on a Friday. I'm about to go have some fun, hang out with my wife, get ready for UFC 273 tomorrow. Like I said, shout out to Gavin. Shout out to Ken Tate. They're out there listening. Um, We've got big, big interviews coming up. Shout out to all the fighters on the amateur circuit here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota i'll be reaching out to you guys shout out to all the gyms minnesota top team both of them um heard a little bit of stuff about warriors cove shout out to them um i'm still learning about the gyms, so i'll be shouting you guys out more as i learn about the the gyms that are out there so yeah um, there's a lot of black-owned gyms that i'm learning there. here there's a, a couple black-owned gyms i got a f- fucking ken ken was letting me know like man there's black-owned gyms here bro you can I got to get in this world. And I'm like, shit, this is what I want to do. I want to be a journalist, but I don't want to be a journalist for hip hop. I don't <laughs> I'm not going to wait outside the show for an interview from some nigga that can't put two words together. I'm sorry, guy. But this fighting shit and this, this this art of combat sports. I am such a fucking student and a fan and a journalist. So, like I said, we're going to be on a whole new mission. The rebrand is real. We're getting into a whole new atmosphere of combat sports and fighting. That that's where my podcast is going to be geared towards. Any other guest that does anything else, they'll have to reach out to me. But as far as me trying to get you on my show, it's going to be somebody from that field. So yeah, TNSP the North Star Podcast. Don't forget, common sense is the best form of currency. Because why, everybody? Why is common sense the best form of currency? Because it can be used, spent anywhere. It's valuable. This is somebody. You listen to TNSP, the North Star Podcast. We are out.